Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This week's passage is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. This text reads, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Your tongue has a ministry. It serves powerfully for building up people or for doing damage. The Bible has some very strong words concerning the power and influence of the tongue. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he gives us today's slice of this week's message entitled, Only Such a Word. Then there's coarse jesting. That means mocking someone by using irreverent or offensive or vulgar language. That would certainly cover the category of cursing and and swearing. In other words, the new man should want to avoid speech that is embarrassing or disrespectful or foolish or without knowledge or demeaning or offensive or irreverent or vulgar. Now, you don't need to be tongue-tied either. This is not preventing, this is not prohibiting things like humor or, or, or laughter, but the boundary of our speech needs to be love, speak Truth in love, each one of you with your neighbor. Humor can actually do good, like a medicine. Um, It can be a a good tool for uh, communication. There's nothing wrong with being lighthearted. But you know where the line is when you cross it. The positive statement of what we are to say is in the last part of our verse. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Look, we know it's right behind your mouth. We know it's a few inches away in your head. You need to make the decision to have your mind renewed and take control. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the positive part, edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Um, Edification means that which builds up. We should never say things that tear down other people. Like, well, you know, there's a couple in there that they're just not quite sure about you. I hope you can win them over. No, we don't speak about people that way. Uh, You know what is good for building up and tearing down. And notice he says, according to the need of the moment. Whether it's positive or negative, we always need to speak the truth in love. We need to employ what James calls the wisdom from above 
to discern the needs of the situations in order to take control of the tongue. Now, that means, according to the need, not every situation requires you to say everything that you could say. You should say whatever is most needful in the moment. And look at the qualifying phrase there, that will give grace. You want your speech to be such that people will be drawn to the grace of God. You want to practice the grace of God by being gracious and speaking graciously as you have been graciously forgiven in Christ. You speak what will benefit other people spiritually. Paul wrote about the same time that he wrote Ephesians. He wrote Colossians. And in a very similar context, he says this, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, let your words always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should answer to each person. Speak graciously. Season your words that way. You might know the paraphrase of that. Let your words always be seasoned with salt, for you never know when you may have to eat them. Speak gracious things. Here's another slant on the same subject. About the same time that Paul wrote Ephesians and Colossians, he also wrote Philippians. And he said this to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, notice that phrase, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. That phrase of good repute is the translation of a Greek word that occurs only once in the New Testament, and that's it. The component parts mean good speech, uttering words. One, one um, uh, lexicographer defined it as uttering words of good omen, avoiding ill-omened words, religiously silent. What does he mean about that? Shut up about your religion? No, he means rigorously keeping silent when that's appropriate. Therefore, fair-sounding, auspicious, or well-reported of. Paul says in verse 8 here of Philippians 4, practice, or think on these things. Let those things dominate your mind so that what comes out of your mouth is gracious. And in the next verse, he's gonna, he would tell you if we were studying Philippians, practice those things. It'll help your mind to dwell on them if they are what comes from your mouth. Take control. Seek the wisdom from above. Choose to lay aside the old man and put on the new man, having had your mind renewed. That's back to chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. So, the new man takes control of his or her tongue by, number one, speaking edification. Number two, Stopping grief. Interesting verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Notice as Paul gives a series of commands here regarding excellence of Christian conduct, walking worthy of the calling with which you've been called. He includes all of the interested parties. He includes your neighbor, speak truth with your neighbor. The devil, don't give the devil an opportunity. 
needy ones, be ready to share with those who are in need, and literally all who hear what you say, but the most interested of all in the words that come out of your mouth is God, the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know that the theme of Ephesians by now, if you've been around, the phrase that occurs 27 times in this book is in Christ. Perhaps the second most common theme is the Holy Spirit, who's mentioned 12 times in these six short chapters. The Holy Spirit is the source of life as well as the the power of the new life. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but you've been made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we pollute our lives and the ears of the people around us with any deceitful talk or vengeful talk or covetous or filthy talk or even suggesting those things, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Boy, and you can't get away from that being as serious as it sounds by doing a word study because the word grieve means cause distress, pain, or grief. You actually can grieve the Holy Spirit. And the primary application in the context is by your words. Now, surely there are other things you can do that would grieve the Holy Spirit. But this has to do with how we interact with each other verbally. From what we've already studied, just in this context, I looked back and I started thinking, now what, what all could He mean by grieving the Holy Spirit? And just in this context, I found eight different ways that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Number one, pretty obvious, lie. He is the Holy Spirit of truth. Number two, you can know the truth but not say it. Speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor. Or number three, you can refuse to deal with your personal anger. You can let your anger be used hurtfully. We've seen that already, and we're going to see it again in the next verse. Number four, we could be dishonest. Say, well, how is that different than lying? Well, you can be dishonest by just being not fully truthful sort of play around the edge of the truth, but, but not quite really take a stand for the truth. Another one, number five, don't work. Work with your own hands, verse 28. Remember that one? Don't share with those who need. That's one of our things that we do with each other. We reach out and share with those who have a need. We could use abusive or filthy speech or tear down other people verbally. You see, it's not hard to figure out what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. So you speak unholy things, you do unholy things, you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, there's more to come in verses 31 and 32. As I said, we're going to save verse 32 for next time, but you're going to get more here in just a moment from verse 31. But before we do that, let me give you a couple of footnotes about the Holy Spirit. This verse clearly tells us that the Holy Spirit is capable of feeling. And that is one of the many evidences that the Holy Spirit is a person. It's proper to describe the Holy Spirit as He, 
not it. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.